Hey legends, welcome along to Skim Me Up. But hey, before we get going with this podcast, I would like to ask you, if you get a moment, check out the website, coinsedgemedia.com. You'll get links to absolutely everything we're doing over there. Other than these podcasts, there's a couple of YouTube channels and whatnot, some short film stuff. Uh, a lot of indie content made on a zero budget. So uh, yeah, if you get a moment and you fancy helping me out, over and check out there out and see what you think. Right, we're getting into Star Trek the original series one more time with the episode Arena. Great, great episode that a lot of people have seen clips of over the years. Uh, this is the episode that if you ever watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, they're sitting in their flat at one point and they're watching an episode of Star Trek on TV and you see Captain Kirk growing up what I refer to as Star Trek Mountain because this mountain, this setting pops up in countless episodes of Star Trek right across the original series, Next Generation and whatnot. You'll see this same place popping up and the final fight of this episode takes place on Star Trek Mountain, a place I hope to visit one day. And that'll be worth checking out if it ever happens. It'll be over on the Here's Rodders Vlogs YouTube channel. That's on the website as well, so please, again, go and check it out. So, in Arena, great, great episode. The Enterprise is on an hour little mission, and they go to a colony that Starfleet has. They send down a Latin party of... Uh, Spock, Dr. McCoy, and a couple other officers, three other officers along with Captain Kirk. Uh, an observation post on Cestus Free. Uh, as an invitation they got from its commander, Travers, who received qu- quite a reputation for setting a fine table uh, with his head chef and whatnot, so McCoy and everybody's, McCoy and Kirk in particular are looking forward to getting down there and checking out some fine cuisine instead of just like the reconstituted stuff that they get on the Enterprise. When the away teams arrive, they discover it was, the invitation itself was a fake and the colony has been destroyed, it's in absolute pieces. So after they take cover, Kirk declares full alert and they discover a single survivor in the ruins. Uh, Lieutenant Harold uh, Spock quickly locates the presence of other life forms nearby, but no other sur- human survivors. Uh, the tricorder reads them as cold-blooded creatures, but definitely not human. Uh, one of the Starfleet officers attempts to scout them out, but he's immediately disintegrated by some sort of weapon and the land party starts to get bombarded by this attack of shells coming down at the same time up in uh, space the the Enterprise comes under attack by an unidentified starship Uh, with the deflector screens up the the Enterprise can't beam the landing party back so Kirk orders Lieutenant Sulu to return fire with the phaser banks it has little effect on the alien ship. It has the screens up as well, or shields up as well. And Kirk orders the use of photon torpedoes, but they're ineffective as well. Uh, the alien, too far away, the 
for even visual contact at this point. So Kirk orders Sirius to take whatever action necessary to protect the Enterprise, uh, leave in orbit, engage in maximum warp, Sulu ops for the former, takes the ship away from Cestus Free. Uh, Kirk will actually, Kirk orders him at the last, like, get the ship out of orbit, do what you have to do to protect it. Uh, Kirk makes his way to the, tries to make his way to the, the colony's arsenal, uh, avoiding blasts by these attackers. Uh, eventually manages to retrieve a grenade launcher as Spock get to him. Uh, sorry, uh, I lost the place again. Uh, yeah. Spock reports that the enemy troops are moving towards the location. Uh, two of the other officers, one of them ends up getting killed. Uh, he gives Kirk his best guess as to where these attackers might have moved and Kirk launches a grenade in their direction. Uh, it proves successful. Uh, the aliens begin to beam back to their vessel, allowing Sulu to return the Enterprise get the land party back on board and they quickly set off in pursuit of the attacking ship. Down in the sick bay, this survivor from the outpost tells Kirk and Spock of the, what happened when the colony was attacked. The aliens had knocked out their phasers with a forced salvo, leaving the colony defenseless. Uh, confirms Kirk's earlier theory that the aliens had faked the message from the colony diverting Enterprise to the colony and attempt to destroy the Enterprise. That's the only Federation vessel that's really protecting everything in this quadrant at this point. Um, Kirk reckons that this move could be a, the start of an invasion and suggests the correct course is to overtake, destroy the enemy before it can return to its home base and report on what happened. So Kirk orders the ship to battle stations and to warp six to overtake the the aliens. Uh, yeah, and he's on the calm to the whole ship. He's like, this is red alert, red alert. This is not a drill. Um, yeah. So they are in pursuit. Uh, the aliens aware of the Enterprise jump to warp six as well. Kirk orders warp seven. Uh, drawn concern from Spock and Scotty that, you know, keeping the ship going at this speed would be hazardous to the, the Enterprise's warp engines. She can't take it, Captain. She's going to explode. She can't take much more. Uh, <laughs> that's probably the worst Scotty you're ever going to hear in your lifetime. Um, Spock argues against destroying the, the enemy ship on the basis of respect for sentient life. Kirk disagrees. His opinion is that the, the crime has been committed and they must be punished. Uh, Sulu reports that the aliens have moved to warp 7 as well. Uh, Kirk eventually goes to warp 8 and tells everybody they have all weapons and departments of the battle ready. As they're closing in, the Enterprise records a scanning beam from an uncharted solar system. Uh, the alien is not approaching this system, it appears to be a third party curious about what's going on. Uh, the alien ship uh, abruptly begins to slow and then stops dead. And uh, yeah, Kirk closes in for the kill. 
But the Enterprise as soon slowed down and stopped as well. So both ships, the Enterprise and the alien vessel, are stuck in space now with all power to the engines and weapons just simply cut off. There's nothing wrong with their equipment. It's all apparently it's all working fine. They can't find any faults anywhere along the line, but just nothing is working. And throughout the episode on the Enterprise, uh, Scotty and Spock, Spock suggests this and that. Scotty says, I've already tried that. It's not going to help. Uh, the aliens that reveal themselves as Metrons, an advanced race who regard intrusion into their space for uh, you know, anybody coming in there for the purpose of fighting, conflict and whatnot, that's completely unacceptable so they remove Kirk from the Enterprise along with the Gorn captain from the alien vessel this, they're known as Gorns uh, yeah so uh, despite both of them on a suitably prepared world from there the two captains will settle their differences using strength and ingenuity and the most basic of weapons they're told everything's there that you need to build your own weapons to fight uh, the winner and a ship will be free to go and the loser and his ship will be destroyed so the Gorn captain is reptilian huge huge guy uh, reptile head on him uh, all fairness the the effect of the the reptile head isn't what you would call completely convincing um, yeah he's very slow compared to Kirk, however he makes up for this by just strength. Uh, he's just the Hulk, essentially. Kirk is able to evade him uh, quite easily, but he knows he can't do it indefinitely, so uh, he'll have to find a way to defeat his opponent uh, with something else. Uh, the key may lie in a comment the Metron made that uh, the prepared environment contains elements, again, what he said that, suitable for making weapons. Uh, yeah, so Kirk narrowly evading death at the, the Gorn's claws. Uh, we cut back up to the Enterprise. Crew can't restore power to the engines. The weapons remain immobilized. Uh, the Metrons re-establish communications and inform the crew that Kirk is losing his battle at this point. Uh, in view of his repentant death they allow the crew to watch what is happening on the view screen uh, Kirk at one point you think he's got this Gorn uh, he actually runs to the top of Star Trek Mountain the same part that on Bill and Ted's bogus journey they get thrown off the top of and he actually drops a huge boulder in this Gorn captain thinking he has him killed he runs to the bottom of the mountain to check it out and the guy just gets up and comes after him again uh, finally, after cat and mouse game, the Gorn finally communicates and uh, it proposes that Kirk cease trying to get away from him and he promises in exchange he'd be merciful, merciful and give him a, a quick death. Uh, Kirk compares this offer to the succeeded supposed mercy that was shown on the, the humans in Cestus Free. Uh, Kirk's out for blood in this episode for most of it. Um, this 
enrages the Gorn, who tells Kirk as people regard Cestus Free as part of their territory and space. And from his perspective, they were repelling an invading force. So we start to find out that, you know, it's six of one and a half dozen of the other. You know, as far as Kirk is concerned, he's the Gorn just jumped on top of this colony, killed everyone. But from the Gorn's perspective, this is our space, this is our planet. They had no right to be there, so we were just looking after our own interests. So they're, they're on the same level. In a way, um, yeah. So back in the Enterprise, the crew's watching for the bridge. Uh, the Metrons are beaming the image to the Enterprise. Uh, McCoy says perhaps it that was the humans who were in the wrong. They hear all this from the Gorn. Spock agrees that it is possible. Uh, back in the planet, as the the conflict continues, Kirk remembers an old formula for gunpowder. Using sulfur, coal, potassium, nitrate, diamonds, and this plant of like bamboo, Kirk constructs a makeshift cannon. Spock's on the Enterprise, of course, he's impressed by the captain's ingenuity. And Kirk might be successful if he can complete construction of the cannon before the Gorn closes in for the kill. So, moments from a fatal attack, Kirk wraps up his own uniform. To make a fuse and uses um, the metallic recording translating device provided by the Metrons to spark the coal, allowing Kirk to, you know, set off this device, which incapacitates the Gorn, doesn't kill him, but leaves him in a state where Kirk could quite easily take him out. So Kirk lifts the Gorn, made this rudimentary. Uh, I was going to say sword, but it's not that big. Uh, this rudimentary knife, he carved it down. Um, that's He drops that at the side. Kirk lifts that, and he's about to go for the kill shot. And he stops before he does it. And he yells out to the unseen Metrons that he won't kill the Gorn, and that they'll have to find their entertainment elsewhere. Uh, suddenly, the Gorn disappears and Metron, one of the Metron people appears expressing surprise uh, the analysis they did of both races, the humans and the Gorn didn't prepare them for Kirk's demonstration of mercy towards the opponent and the Metron claims to be 1500 earth years old and informs Kirk that they, the Gorn has been returned to the ship. Uh, if you want, we will destroy him for you uh, if, if Kirk chooses to do so. Kirk declines and uh, you know, claims that the Federation and the Gordon can talk their dispute over and perhaps maybe reach an agreement. This impresses the Metron as well and authorizes and theorizes that although humanity is still half savage perhaps in several thousand years it'll be civilized enough to be of further interest to the Metrons so Kirk's returned back to the Enterprise uh, where he dis discovers that the ship has been relocated 500 parsecs away from the Metron solar system so uh, yeah so the Metrons are just like you're not coming into our space to fight put them to this test 
her compresses them and they send them back to the ship and then actually transport the ship out of their space once again. So, uh, yeah, Turk orders Enterprise back to the colony and we're led to believe that, you know, there's going to be a chat between humans and the Gorn from this point on. So they're talking over the incident on the bridge and the Metron, up off the Metrons and Spock tells Kirk that they, it was cut off before he could, we, we could see what was happening to a certain extent on the surface, but whenever Kirk refused to kill the Gorn, the transmission ended before the, the Metron appeared to Kirk, so uh, Kirk tells Spock that we're a most promising species, Mr. Spock, as far as predators go, and when Spock asked what happened after he fired off the cannon, Spock uh, remarks that he frequently had his doubts about humans being a most promising species. Uh, yeah, but Kirk says, you know, uh, maybe in a thousand years or so, humanity will be able to prove prove it to the Metrons. Uh, a thousand years? Spock inquires. And Kirk's like, well, it gives us a little time. So uh, we close out the episode there. This is absolutely fantastic. There's, there's tons of episodes in this series that are, you know, frankly, they're just iconic episodes, and this was one of them. Um, right enough, the, the makeup of the, the Gorn and the, the reptile head doesn't age well. But it's it's Star Trek. It's 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 you know what Star Trek is good at doing is when you first see this thing, you think to yourself, "Oh, that's clearly a mask," and of course it is. But what these episodes and what this series was always fantastic it was doing was just letting you check out of reality for 45 minutes to an hour, whatever the run time of an episode would be, and just let you forget your troubles for a bit, and get into this fantasy world where anything is possible, and where good wins out in the end, and teaches you a lesson worth learning, and you definitely do get one at the end of this episode, with Kirk picking mercy over anger, and impressing what is essentially a, a godlike species, uh, they're beyond anything that humans could be at this point. Uh, you know, it's just, it's good stuff. Absolutely love the original series of Star Trek and I'm dying to get onto later episodes because there is quite a few here that uh, I haven't seen and, oh gosh, probably... 20 years at this point um, but you know I grew up with this stuff so I have seen each and every episode at one point or another but you know after a certain amount of time even episodes you've watched two or three times can kind of disappear from your mind slightly and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting onto it and actually getting to the end of the, the original series because I do have the Star Trek the animated series here as well which was essentially a season 4 to Star Trek and that is one that I can quite confidently say 
I can't recall most episodes on it. Uh, I don't think I've seen it 100% from beginning to end, but I have seen bits and pieces of it, and it is, it is good, so I'm dying to get into that series as well. So that's going to do it for Scheme Me Up Body for tonight. Um, come back for the next episode, which will, will be uh, Picard, Season 2. And then we're doing Discovery Season 1 at this stage as well. So we're skipping between new Star Trek and old Star Trek at this point. Three nights a week. Uh, Tuesdays, Fridays and Saturdays for Scheme Me Up Body. If you're interested in horror, we've got Hellmouth Hotline that goes out on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So between those two podcasts, six episodes a week. So you're more than welcome to check them out. Please rate and review this one. Share it along on social media. Try and get it out there. Help me grow this show. I can't do it without the the help of anybody that's interested in listening to this stuff. So until the next episode, guys, whatever you're doing, stay safe, and I'll talk to you all then. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.